invade, let heaven invade into this place. What we're waiting with worship to see, we're waiting with worship to see God change lives. The presence of God in this place doesn't mean that we just feel good and we feel nice and we had a nice, pleasant morning. It means that lives are changed. The lost are found, the broken find healing, the blind find their vision. That's what we're longing for this morning. It's not just a warm, fuzzy feeling, but we see lives changed. The Bible in the Gospels, when the church first started, it says God confirmed His Word with miraculous deeds, with healings. It wasn't just words they said to make them feel nice. It had an actual impact in people's lives. That's what we're praying for this morning. So how about we just take 30 seconds just to say hello to the people around you. Uh, Say good morning. Welcome to church. Hope you're having a good morning. It's like a riot of good feelings in here. It's good. So if we just find our seats again. (laughs) Um, So my name is Kylie. I'm part of the team. Welcome to church. A very warm welcome if you're new to One Heart. Um, If you're uh, visiting from out of town here on school holidays or just come to church after a long time away or um, you're part of our church, you're just so welcome. We hope you have a Great morning and that you encounter uh, the living God. This morning I want to speak about feelings and our faith because sometimes we get all mixed up about our feelings. I've noticed this in Australia, oh in New Zealand too, don't worry we do it there, but in the Western world I guess we get mixed up in our feelings and sometimes we uh, think that our feelings, our emotions, are actually accurate, realistic, realistic descriptions of reality. But they're not, are they? Feelings are not actually necessarily accurate, realistic, true, correct descriptions of what's going on in reality. If you've ever had an argument with someone, that's what you're thinking about their reality, aren't you? Well, your feelings are wrong, mate. Uh, your, your mind is in a total twilight zone. You can't see the realness of the situation at all. Um, sometimes, unfortunately, it applies to all of us. And I, um, you know, our feelings are important. God gave them to us. Uh, he uses them to speak to us and things. But we can't really see feelings as the boss of us. They're not given to us to lead us. We're not meant to make our choices and our decisions based on our feelings. And hopefully... Everyone already knows that. Uh, I can give you an example. As a woman who's been married for 17 years this month, this month, yeah, 17 years, sometimes I've had feelings that I haven't obeyed. And I've had to just say, <clears throat> I don't actually say this, but metaphorically I'm like, okay, well, thank you, body, for that information, for that advice for piping your two cents in, 
I'm not actually going to take you up on that information right now because my eyes are on the long-term goal of a happy marriage. Throwing that pot or that pan right now will not help me to achieve my long-term goal. So our feelings, some, they're there. They might, we can think of them as advisors. They give us advice. It's bias advice, but it's advice. It's a tool. It's one of the ways that we make our choices. As a parent, there have been times that I've had feelings and I've not obeyed them. Thank you, body, for that overwhelming sense of inadequacy. I'm not going to obey it right now. I'm not going to run away, fly, fly to Fiji for the winter. When the baby cries, unfortunately, I just have to feed it. So thanks, body, for the feeling. I'm not going to do it right now. As a driver, as a person who drives, even in Port Lincoln, sometimes I've had feelings. And you have to say, thank you, body, for that information for your advice. I'm not going to take you up on your advice that time because of this little thing I call the law. I know you're agitated. I hear you. I understand. But I uh, won't, won't be taking you up on that. No rage, road rage for us today. So we have feelings. Oh, you know what? Sometimes people think the more stronger you feel a feeling, the more true it must be. Don't we think that? Haven't you heard people say, but I feel this so strongly that it must be right because it's such a strong feeling. It makes it more right or something. And if you don't really have feelings about things, then they're not important or they're not significant. But that is patently not true as well. Sometimes we can have very, very big feelings over insignificant events. Or you can have almost no feelings. Think about like the most major decisions you've had in your life, big major crossroads, you make a decision. Maybe at the time you only had a tiny inkling of a feeling. You know, in fact, the most major things that can happen in your life, say you have a terrible, terrible tragedy, you might be in shock. You might be numb. You might have no feelings, but it's a very significant event. And then other times, on the other hand, you might watch the final of your favorite TV show, the final of the series, and you might feel all of your feelings at once. So the strength of our feelings doesn't actually mean that it's more right or more wrong or more true or less true, does it? Just because we feel big feelings or small feelings. Do you agree? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we've got to have our understanding that our feelings, God gave them to us, um, and they're tools, they're pieces of advice, and we make our decisions on many pieces of advice, and we just consider what our biased, fickle feelings say on the day. In our lives as Christians, it's, very, it's vitally important that we understand the real place of feelings, because sometimes we can, well, the risk is that we'll get all mixed up with our faith and our feelings. Smith Wigglesworth, what a name. First name is Smith. Wigglesworth, uh, a great Christian writer, he said, I can't understand God by feelings. I can't understand the Lord Jesus Christ by feelings. I can only understand God the Father and Jesus Christ by what the Word says about them. Had you memorized this quote? Someone said it. 
God is everything the Word says He is. And we need to get acquainted with Him through the Word. Too many people get acquainted with God through their personal, experience, personal feelings. So when they feel good, they think, God has heard my prayers. And if they don't feel good, they think he has not heard them. Their faith is based on their feelings where it should be based on God's word. So faith in God is to be based on God's word. I keep going like this. I'm not tapping the podium. I'm tapping the Bible. So God's word is the Bible. Our faith in God is to be based on God's word. And our faith response to that is... um, well, it's this complex weave of every part of our life, isn't it? It's made up of, it comes from our will, our reasoning, our learning, our understanding, our knowledge, our determination, our choices, our actions, our heart and our experiences. So to boil all that down to, to make it about how I feel is is just wrong. It's belittling the place that faith should have in our life and it's insulting the awesomeness of God and it's putting God into a tiny little box. And none of us would surely do that. But that is a real risk. That is a real risk in the Western church that we just go off our feelings and not on faith that's based on the revelation of who God is in Jesus Christ and in the Word. And That is the difference between faith versus sentimentality. You know what I mean by sentimentality? Just kind of going with our emotions, with our feelings, kind of making it up as we go along. I've got this example of of what a faith is like. Uh, It's a poem written by a man called Keith Branson. And he doesn't actually feel this way. If you ever hear this, Keith, I have said the disclaimer. This isn't his actual feelings. He's just trying to demonstrate uh, what faith is like. It's just sentimental. This is a poem called My Fuzzy Bear. And it doesn't rhyme. It's not one of those kind of poems. My disciple, the disciple said, My faith is like a warm fuzzy bear. Oh, I should have bought a bear as an object. Uh, my faith is like a warm fuzzy bear that I always keep close beside me. I cuddle it when I'm alone at night, when I feel afraid or when I need to sleep. The thought of my warm fuzzy bear keeps me from being afraid when life isn't good and my shy smile baffles those around me. On Sunday, now I'm sounding like a play school person, on Sunday, my brothers and I bring all our bears to the dinner table dressed in their finery and we all look at the love of our bears. My warm fuzzy bear teaches me 10 rules to live by and I try to follow them. But I always know that my bear loves me. And no matter what, I can always say sorry if I make a mistake. I love my warm fuzzy bear bear. And I don't want him to be any other way than the way he is. Isn't that gross? (laughs) It's just soppy, saccharine, fake sugary shallow. I'm sorry if you liked it. It's very nice if you're talking about a bear, but not the almighty God, not the living God. So this is a sentimental idea about God, basically that God exists and interacts in time to meet my needs, to meet my emotional needs, 
um, helps me when I need help and comforts me when I need comfort and gets the right parking spot just in the nick of time for me and always makes me feel better and forgives me no matter what I do. And although some of those things are part of the character of God, this description of God is not based in reality. It's based on just my feelings and making sure that I have nice, warm, fuzzy bear feelings. And you don't see that kind of faith in the Bible. You don't see anyone thinking about God in the Bible like that. We do see people in the Western church considering God like that. So we want to guard against this sentimentality. We want to have a true faith. I'm going to read from you a little bit from the book of Daniel about these three crazy faith guys called Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. Awesome names. So if you have your Bible, you can follow along. I'm reading from the book of Daniel in chapter 3. Uh, so the background is there's this king called King Nebuchadnezzar, another awesome name. Say that one to your neighbour, Nebuchadnezzar. We'll call him Neb. No, it's okay. I can say his whole name. Nebuchadnezzar, he is the king and he makes a giant golden statue of himself. Why wouldn't you? And then he makes a law that says everyone in the country or the kingdom, when the music plays, it's like a song, you see, whenever you hear the music playing, you have to bow down and worship the statue of me. Can you imagine? And so everybody does it. The music all plays and everyone bows down. Uh, but there are at least three men who are not worshipping the statue of the king, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. And some of the king's advisors, who are always trying to get Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego into trouble, go up to the king and they say, Oh, king, may you live forever, smarmy. Uh, and then they say, You know how you made that law about everyone has to bow down when they hear all the music? And he says, Yes. What a wonderful law. And he didn't say that. He's like, Yes. Uh, and then they say, well, there's three men, your workers, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, who are ignoring you. They're ignoring your law. They're not bowing down to your gods or to your statue. And the penalty is death. So they haul them in. He says, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, is this true? Can this be true? And he says, if you, okay, if you're willing now, if you're ready now to, when you hear the music, Get ready. When you hear the music, uh, you can worship the, my statue and then everything will be okay. But if you're not, if you're going to go through this, if you're not ready to worship the statue, you will be thrown in the fire. So we're going to throw you into the furnace. And this is the part I'm going to read. That's just the background that I paraphrased drastically. So verse 16, chapter 3, verse 16, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego answer the king, O king Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. Straight up, they're like, we don't even need to explain ourselves to you. Uh, our God, whom we serve, will deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. But even if he does not, even if he does not, Know this, O king, that we will not bow down and worship the golden image that you have set up. Even if he does not, there's like, we know that our God can deliver us from this, but even if he does not, we still will not bow down and worship this lump of gold because they know the living God. 
How awesome is that faith? That faith is not based on sentimentality. And, they, and the king gets enraged, it says in the ESV version. His face, his expression was changed against him. He's like, Argh! his face goes all mental. And he's, he throws them into the fire. He says, light up the fire seven times hotter than ever has been before and tie them up and they're in all their clothes and he sends them off to be thrown into the fire. The fire is so hot that the guards who were throwing them in the fire, the guards all get burnt and they die. But Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego go into the fire and uh, the things that tied them up have fallen off. And the king and his counselors are looking and the king says, didn't we throw three men tied up into the fire? Uh, but now I see four men walking around and the fourth has the appearance like the son of the gods, he says. Uh, and, and he calls them out, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, come out here and... And then he says this. So they come out of the fire furnace. All the advisors and the king's people are around him and they see that they're not even burnt. Their clothes aren't even singed. They can't even smell the fire. And then the king says, blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. So he's changed his tune. He knows that God is real. That is the living God. And then he makes another crazy law about Everyone will die if they don't worship that God because he's just like that. That's not my point. My point is the unshaking faith of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, if, it was, if they left it up to their feelings, what would they have said? Oh, totally. Yeah, we'll bow down. Don't worry about it. We'll just humour the king, Shadrach. Shush. We'll just humour him for now and live to fight another day. Uh, and no problem, Neb. Neb, can I call you Neb? Yeah, let's just, we'll all bow down to you and we'll just pray to our own God too. We're a little compromise. Why wouldn't you? If they lifted up their feelings or if they did actually go ahead and follow God's word, they probably would have been thinking and feeling and shouting, why have you abandoned us, God? Why are we facing the fire? How come you don't love us anymore? Why didn't you answer our prayers? They would have just felt confusion about who God is if they just left it up to their feelings. But their faith is not sentimental their faith is is this crazy firm faith doesn't matter even if God doesn't save us I'm still not going to turn away from what God asked me to do I know he's good it might not be the same plan that I have but I know he's got a good plan so where did they get this faith from how do we make sure we have faith like that and not just sentimentality I can tell you one thing for sure They did not pick up this faith at the side of the fire. This is not a fireside faith. You can't conjure this stuff up in a quick pep talk at the door of the furnace. It wasn't like Shadrach, Meshach, yeah, high five. Let's stand up to the king, yeah, fist bump. Come on, we can do this. Remember Daniel in the lion's den? He did it, yeah, we can do it, high five. No, no way. You can't make that sort of leap of faith at the door to the furnace, at the at the doorway to the tragedy in our lives. We can't just conjure it up at that point. Faith is a journey of a thousand little steps, a thousand little choices heading towards God's direction, not, not just making it up as we go along, but based on his word. It's like this. That when we first begin to pray, we sort of are like, <clears throat> okay, God, do I need to kneel down or? Is this working? Uh, so they told me that you were there. So, 
and um, and that I should do, you know, try it your way. So I've got this really bad situation at work, and oh, you probably know. And um, I just I'm going to try it your way. So we'll see what happens. Oh, wow, that worked. Cool. Thank you, Jesus. I guess your way works. Oh Lord, I've got this um, really difficult friendship thing going on, and ask for your help in it. Wow, that worked as well. Oh, thank you, Lord. Uh, working things your way actually does seem to work for me. Lord, I have this um, situation. It's out of control. I don't know what to do. I don't know what path to take. I'm going to take your path. Thank you, Lord. I can see how, far, how, how often you've helped me. Wow, Lord, did you see how I dealt with that situation today? I never would have reacted like that a year ago. I can really see you're changing me. Thank you, Jesus. Here's this terrible situation, but I'm not even worried because I know that you're going to get me through somehow. So faith is this journey of a thousand little steps, a thousand little decisions, a thousand little ways of just trying it God's way and saying, I believe you, God, that your pattern for my life is good and I'm going to follow it. I'm going to put it into practice. And we see God over and over and over coming through so that when it gets to this place of the furnace, this choice of bow down and give up or, or the fire, it's life or death step, it's not a giant leap of faith. It's just one more step forward where we say, Lord, uh, I've relied on your word, I've relied on your instruction all of my life and your word has never let me down. I'm going to trust in you again right now and I know that you can... You can get rid of this fire. You can save me from this fire. But even if you don't, even if you don't take this fire away from me, I know that you'll be with me. And you'll walk with me through it and bring me out unharmed on the other side. And you are so good, God. You're so good that you might even use this fire as a testimony of your greatness and your goodness and your love to others so that people who lit this fire for me will see me on the other side and say, blessed be the God of that person there. Look how God led her through. Look how God led him through. Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego, all those stunningly cool names, are not their real names. Their names actually got changed. Uh, their real names are Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael, which are fine. <laughs> and all of those names mean something to do with God. So their names have a meaning to do with God. And that leads us to conclude that they came from faith-filled families. So these young men, as teenagers, already were living out their faith. They were on a journey of faith. They were making decisions for God. When one terrible summer, their city is sacked, their city is captured. Uh, all of Jerusalem is captured by the Babylonians, of who King Nebuchadnezzar is, where obviously they had better names. So they sacked all of Jerusalem, they wrecked the nation of Israel, and uh, families are torn apart, people are all separated, they're all taken off their land and moved to um, Babylonian lands. And Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego and Daniel, because they're good looking and they're intelligent, get chosen to be um, special king's people. So they 
it's like they go to uni. They get uh, looked after and they get uh, taught about all the Babylonian ways. And eventually they get really good jobs working for the government. Sounds like a good deal, doesn't it? But if you think about it, they're working for the government of the people who've broken their country, the, the dominating the whatever that group is called, the, the bad guys, they're the bad guys, they're working for them. And in all likelihood, they were castrated. So they can no longer have families of their own. And they lived under a lot of racism. Uh, and that's how they end up in the fire because there's just these other people who don't want them to be in the government, don't want them to have these jobs. So they live under a, a lot of racism. So they had so many opportunities. Didn't they have a thousand opportunities a day to be like, Shadrach, I mean, even their names have changed now. Did they call each other Hananiah in the corridor? I don't know. Shadrach, Meshach, this is a Abednego talking. Um, you know the old saying, lads, when you're in Babylonia, just do as the Babylonians do. This is before Rome. Um, let's just, let's just, just, just go with the flow, man. Yeah, let's just go with the flow. But they don't say that. Every step of the way, right from when they were first captured, they make just incremental, little step-by-step-by-step -step -step decisions for God about how they speak, about what they eat, what they drink, how they conduct themselves, and how they pray. And they continue to put God first, no matter what's happening on around them. So when they get to this furnace, it's not a giant leap of faith for them. They're already there. They're already just living out their path of faith that they have throughout the rest of their lives. When we live a path of sentimentality based on our feelings, when we encounter troubles, that's one of Jesus' promises. Jesus said trouble will come. And don't we say, oh, God's promises are true, except for that one. No, nope. that one's true too. Trouble will come. If we just have a sentimentality of a faith, then when we encounter troubles, our faith will get weaker We'll just be in confusion. We won't understand God's plan in it all. Um, and that's when we see people fall away from faith. And then they blame everyone else and they blame the preacher for not preaching right and they blame all the church for not churching right and they blame the Bible for not working or something, not Bibling. <laughs> when actually what's happened is that they were following their feelings, not following Jesus. When we have faith based on the Word of God, unshakable, firm, always true, the Word of God, then when we encounter troubles, our faith will grow. Our faith will grow because we'll see, oh, time after time after time after time, God's Word is true. God's Word works out. His pattern is, is, is good. Um, and at the fireside... At the side of the furnace, at the door of the furnace. You can't make that choice. The leap is too big, the leap of faith. We've got to make that our usual, as Pastor Rob was saying the other week. Make that your usual. Uh, can I have that scripture verse now? We've got this verse. It's from Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. And it says this. This is actually what being a Christian is. This is our, if you are a Christian, a follower of Jesus, this is what... You're saying, when you say I'm a Christian, this is what it means. I have been crucified with Christ. You know, you've seen pictures of Jesus on the cross. We say, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, 
but Christ lives in me. This life that I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So as a Christian, we decide to live our life for God in a mature faith based on the revelation of God in the Bible. Um, that's how we meant to live. So this is a faith that doesn't wake up on a Sunday morning and go, let me see how I feel. Mm, should I go to church today? I wonder if there's a way I can find out who's preaching. <laughs> is there any special events and Kate going to be on? Who's, can I find out who's leading the worship? You can't, by the way. Her faith doesn't make it up on the Sunday morning and think, oh, I do have quite a lot on next week or um, I've had a lot on the week before or I've had a lot on the ne- that night or I've got a better offer or something. Um, or you know what? Last week I didn't feel that good at being at church. I didn't like how they did something or I didn't like what the preacher said or I didn't really like those songs or it didn't make me feel anything. I sang them and I didn't feel anything or like if you all make me feel really special and loved and wanted then I'll come back but if you all don't make me feel really special then I am not coming back for a few weeks until I feel like it again we can see although God says to have a childlike faith that's a childish faith based on sentimentality based on whether I feel like it or not and that's not That's not faith. Whereas a Christian saying this, uh, our faith response to God is, that's where I'll be at church every week, every chance I can, but definitely every week. Uh, Because, not because it's the rule or anything, but because I know my place. I'm an integral, integral part of the body of Christ. And the the body needs me. You need me here. We need you here. We need each other. And this is about the destiny of the world, not just attending a service in the morning. The destiny of the world, God's plan. And I've put my plan to the side. And I've put God's plan in front. The life I live, I live by faith in the Son of God. I laid down my will a long time ago. And we've picked up the will of Jesus. His will is for us to be the body. There is no other offer that we can have on a Sunday morning or, or amount of feelings that sort of come up. The call of God is so magnificent and so wonderful that he invites us to be the body of Christ, to be together, united and led by not our feelings, not even by our senior pastor, but led by Jesus himself to encounter his spirit to be together. There isn't anything else to do on a Sunday morning or whenever the service is. There's only... Just our, we hear who God is and we respond. It's the, it's the life of the Christian. That's what it means to believe. This life I now live, I, it's his. And we don't need to revisit my feelings today. What are they making for tea? Oh, I don't like the coffee. That's the nothing. That means nothing. Our response to God is to, to read the Bible because what does faith actually mean? It means I believe in you, Jesus, and I believe what you said. How will we know what he said to do or what he said or who he is unless we read his Bible? So we don't need to 
wonder on a Sunday if we actually are going to read the Bible on Tuesday or if I will be too tired or I'll run out of time or something. What do you think time was invented for but to encounter God? We don't need to wonder that because we already know, we've already set it in our hearts. My priority is to know the living God and this is how I get to know him. It's not a chore or something I have to go, I better read the Bible today, I haven't read it for two days. What's going on in the book and numbers? No! (laughs) We read it because we're just longing to encounter the living God who made us and we love him and we want to know him. And so we pray. We pray every day. Maybe all through the day or maybe have a set prayer time. That doesn't matter. It just matters that we are saying, I no longer even live. It's Christ who lives in me and we pray We don't, I mean, what kind of faith would it be if I said, oh, sure, I pray. Like, when I get really desperate, then I totally pray. Um, When stuff's way down the toilet, then I'm right there on my knees. Um, Or if I said, well, I pray because I feel like it today and I feel so happy because the music was so good and and my warm fuzzy bear is here and, and I feel like God's answering my prayer, so I pray. But then I don't pray when... I don't feel like God's there. What kind of faith is that? God is still present. God hasn't changed. He's unchanging, the same yesterday, today and tomorrow. Our feelings don't even, it's just like our feelings telling us to do road rage. You just say, shush feelings. Just sit to the side. Put a little pin on you right now. We're not following that advice. I'm going to follow my faith revealed by the will of God. What kind of believer do you want to be? That's the question I want to pose to you today. What kind of believer are you? What kind of believer do you want to be? Uh, Sentimentality looks inward to me. It's what it's about. It's all about me. How am I feeling? How am I feeling? Am I feeling good? Am I feeling pleasant? How, How is this for me? Is this pleasant for me? Is it comfortable? Comfortable for me? Uh, are you catering to me? Are you doing things my way? Are you understanding? Do you understand me? Have you heard me? Have you listened to me? Have you understand me? It's all about me. She's got it. Ultimately, it's very selfish, focused on, and in the context of faith, it's focused on God meeting my emotional needs, and that's not what it's about. Faith looks up to God. Faith keeps our eyes fixed on God, and faith looks out. Faith looks out to others. It's about understanding rather than being understood. It's about putting other people's needs first. It's about being Jesus to others and letting Jesus be Jesus to us, not demanding other people be Jesus to us. I'd just like to close now. Um, Perhaps if I could have Gemma to play some tinkling music. We could turn the lights down low, getting all the atmosphere... It's not about feelings, but we will have the lights down a little bit. I'm just going to invite you to stand and we'll pray together. So I just really want to, like, I'm not going to ask you to move out of your seats or say anything out loud or do anything like that. Just going to give us an opportunity to to look at this verse and um, to hear the Word of God this morning to consider that faith versus sentimentality, to just make sure that our steps 
are headed towards God and not inward looking about our own feelings. So just take just one minute now, one or two minutes, let's just close our eyes and just spend that moment with you and the living God, the Lord Jesus Christ, whose spirit is here with us. Just maybe recommit your steps to him. Um, Ask him this week to show you if your faith is based on his word or based on your feelings. Ask him to reveal himself to you for who he really is. Not allowing, never being content with this fuzzy bear kind of faith. Lord Jesus, you are the one who defined what it is to be a follower of yours, not us. You are the one who said it takes us surrendering our lives to you, surrendering our will to you. Lord Jesus, we want to live by faith, not by feelings. We want to live by the revelation of who you are, of all of God's ways, which is shown to us, revealed to us in the Bible. I just pray, Lord, that Lord Jesus, every day this week, you are the one who for those of us who declare that we're your followers, not us. I pray that your you Holy are the one Spirit who said would be teaching us us surrendering opening our, our eyes to you, reminding surrendering us our will to you to keep our eyes firmly Jesus, fo- we want to live by faith. on you and not by feelings we want to live by the revelation our feelings of who you so are easily changeable of all of God's to lead ways, our decisions which is shown to us revealed to us in the Bible we want to have we our faith Lord, based in your firm, every day this week unchanging for those of us unshakable, who that we your unwavering word I pray that your word Holy Spirit God, would be teaching us that Opening our eyes, reminding us to keep our eyes firmly fixed on you. To to grow, to grow as a church, not allowing our feelings, which is so easily changeable, to lead our decisions. Amen. We want to have our faith based in your firm, unchanging, unshakable, unwavering word, the word of God.